0: Theodore Russell handed the stack of papers back to me and gave me that look he saved for occasions such as this. No good, Burns. You have to do it over. Research this thing a little more and try it again. Get the facts and make it believable. And I want it on my desk when I get here in the morning. Do I make myself clear? But sir, my boy has his first recital at school tonight. I was hoping I could... Tonight, Burns. I need it tonight. By the time you get here in the morning, I'll be gone with those papers. I'm catching an early flight to the coast and I need those papers. Our old project is depending on those papers. Burns, you're not going to disappoint me, are you? No, sir. And you'll have those papers ready for me, won't you, Burns? Yes, sir. Then I suggest you get started. Yes, sir, I said, taking the paper and returning to my office at the end of the hall. It was quarter to five and secretaries were already starting to cover their typewriters and computer keyboards for the night. I removed my coat, I loosened my tie, rolled up my sleeves and locked my office door. I took the phones off the hook and sat behind my desk with a stack of papers in front of me. If there was a way to rewrite this document in little more than three hours, I intended to find it. The minutes crept by on tiptoe, and soon I was aware that I was the only person left in the building. It was ten minutes before eight by the time I needed only to put the finishing touches on the last page. For a rush job, I had to admit I'd done a pretty good renovation and still had ten minutes to spare. I could make the school in twenty-five minutes and still make the recital. I rolled my sleeves down, slipped into my coat and light-footed down the hall to Mr. Russell's office. I set the revised stack of papers on his desk facing his chair and returning to my own office for my briefcase. I snapped off the light switch in my office and now the entire building was dark. I'd made the trip down the hall and out the door so often I could literally find my way into dark. I had my hand on the locked office door when I heard the outer door open and then the sounds of footsteps seemed strange that if someone was returning to work that they hadn't flipped the light switch on when they came in. The steps came closer, and through the frosted glass in my office door, I could see a small circle of light. The beam crawled across the hallway walls like a wingless fly. I froze, then I heard the whispers. There were two of them, whoever they were. I could hear the sounds of doorknobs being wiggled before the footsteps moved on closer and closer. Burglars. I sank to my knees below the level of the frosted glass. I held my breath and waited. After what seemed an eternity, the knob above my head twisted back and forth. It wiggled several times before the steps moved on further down the hall. "'Down here, Marty,' one of the voices said in an exaggerated whisper. "'This one's open.' I listened at the door again. I could hear the sound of the door opening further down the hall. It had to be Mr. Russell's office. I didn't remember locking it when I left. They were in there all right. The sounds of drawers opening and paper shuffling and objects sliding on wood filtered through my ears. Above all that, I could hear the pounding of my own heart. My palms were wet and my throat was dry and my ears were hot, very hot. The offices were arranged in an L-shape, with Mr. Russell's office anchoring the corner of the L. My office was situated near the top of the L, and it sounded like the steps were heading toward the foot of the L, around the corner and out of sight. If I wanted to get out of here, it had to be now. I quietly clicked the lock on my door and got.